you're a pop culture lover, an SNL viewer, a Maroon 5 fan, you've probably heard the term wife guy an awful lot in the past few months. Or year, honestly, if John Mulaney's how you got to this episode. Journalists from all alcoves of the internet, from TMZ to the New York Times, have covered the downfall of the wife guy, the public figure whose likability is intrinsically connected to their wife. That is, how much they love their wife. This crescendoed at the end of September of this year when a wildly niche pocket of YouTube took center stage as it was revealed that Ned Fulmer of the comedy group The Try Guys had cheated on his wife, and it turns out had done so publicly for months. In turn, he lost his multi-million dollar company, his best friends, and honestly his entire career because of it. Why? Because Ned was the most egregious and, frankly, exploitative example of a wife guy. When the Try Guys started, Ned clearly had the least to offer. He wasn't the funniest. He wasn't the quirkiest. He wasn't the most interesting. He was a straight white guy who had the energy of, well, everyone at the office says I'm funny, so I should pursue comedy. That is... Until the audience at BuzzFeed noticed and was charmed by his incessant mention of my wife. And that's how Ned became the Borat of BuzzFeed. And remember the BuzzFeed era of the mid-2010s? It was a weird and embarrassing time. But but hey, it was a moment and we got Abbott Elementary out of those BuzzFeed personalities. I won't be too harsh on it. I was definitely a BuzzFeed person. Anyway, Fulmer turned this endearing trait into brand deal after brand deal gigs as a paid speaker on ethics and relationships, even a cookbook called Date Night, featuring a gorgeous photo of him and the aforementioned wife, who has a name. It's Ariel. She seems lovely. But let's keep in mind that this cookbook was published despite the fact that the Try Guys flagship video series is one in which they attempt to cook without recipes because they don't know what they're doing and their instincts are not good enough to make good food. All I'm saying is it's clear to me that Ariel wrote wrote most of those recipes. The Ned situation feels particularly unforgivable because like John Mulaney before him, Ned crafted and courted public adoration by exploiting this relationship and portraying himself as a beacon of relationship goals. Simply put, it's icky. And people now seem ready to wholly reject this concept of the man who loves his wife so much that that's why we love him. While the wife guy is definitely a social media era construct, I mean, hell, people can now become influencers simply for posting something that goes viral. See, curvy wife guy. Don't, actually. He's the cringiest of the wife guys, in my opinion. Just save your eyeballs, save your spirit, stay away from him. But where does this all come from? Where did these dudes get the idea, either intentionally or subconsciously, that performative spousal obsession would propel their careers forward? I'm here to argue they got it from Desi Arnaz and the character of Ricky Ricardo. Hello. 
Hello, my beautiful Tropicanas. Welcome to The Ricardo Project, the podcast where we usually watch through I Love Lucy episode by episode and talk about its historical, emotional, and comedic impact. But today, we're talking about Desi Arnaz and his historical, emotional, and comedic impact as the prototype for the modern wife guy. I want to start by saying that I don't think Desi Arnaz planned to be the blueprint for these jackasses. I think he meant to be George Burns with more business savvy and, you know, the ability to create an entire industry and how it worked. Because, yes, Desi Arnaz pioneered the way live audience sitcoms are shot to this day. Nor do I think that these bros are actively thinking, oh, I should be like Ricky Ricardo. I should do what he did. Rather, when we look at the legacy of the Arnaz relationship, both as a marriage and as a business relationship, it's undeniable that they are, in many ways, the platonic ideal for these parasocial chads. Because that really is the major leverage these wife guys have, a parasocial relationship with their audience in which the audience feels like they really know these people because they're being so honest and open about their relationship and they make them believe in love again. Now, I don't think that Desi and Lucy did this exactly. However, it's very clear to all of us and it's been very well documented both by critics and by the folks who participated in the show, that I Love Lucy's success was obviously based on how funny it was, but that its long-lasting legacy and its affection with the public was based in a sense that the audience truly felt like what they were seeing was kind of just the Arnez relationship with other names. The fact that Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz were married in real life and playing a married couple in which he was a band leader, (laughs) made it very easy to blur the lines between reality and television. This coupled with the fact that that TV was so new and serialized television, obviously, therefore, was also super new. I think it really allowed for the audience to have a sense of intimacy with these people. And you can really see that that seemed to be the case, that this was one of the first real parasocial relationships that we would see, you know, by today's standards, based on Lucille Ball's real-life pregnancy in season two, which we haven't actually gotten to on the Ricardo Project yet because uh, we're not on the 70th anniversary of those episodes, but they are rapidly approaching. At this stage in production where we are in the Ricardo Project, she is pregnant. But the episode in which little Ricky Ricardo is born premiered the same day as the birth of Desi Arnaz Jr. And more people tuned in to the birth of little Ricky Ricardo than tuned in to the Eisenhower inauguration. Desi Arnaz Jr. was also featured on the cover of magazines, you know, announcing and heralding his birth. People were invested in the birth of this child because they were invested in the birth of the Ricardo child. I think this was a savvy business move from Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball. And I certainly think that Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz probably were 50-50 on this agreement. But it is an interesting thing to note. And because of the way that Desi and Ricky and Lucille and Lucy blurred the lines between television and reality... 
I think it's fair to say that when you look at Ricky Ricardo, you're kind of looking at the way that Desi Arnaz wants to be presented. I I think it's fair to at least think about it that way when you're thinking about the public persona of Desi Arnaz from a legacy perspective. Obviously, I wasn't alive in 1951, so I can't speak to it. But I think now, looking back on it, when we think Desi Arnaz, we think Ricky Ricardo. When we think Lucille Ball, we think Lucy Ricardo. And so because those lines are blurred, I think you know you can look at Ricky Ricardo's character and and link that to Desi Arnaz in, in a way that you can't with necessarily every actor. Ricky Ricardo laid a blueprint for a kind of man on television who might be fun, who might throw pranks, who might get agitated with his wife, but there's a level of love and affection there that audiences deeply, deeply respond to. I think in modern times, I think of like a Jim Halpert. He's a wife guy who's based in a Ricky Ricardo kind of partnership with Pam. Although I've really loved the discourse lately about how Jim maybe isn't as great as people thought he was in the moment. But that's besides the point. I do love John Krasinski though. You can look at a character like Ben from Parks and Recreation Someone like Ross or Chandler from Friends. Um, Someone like Marshall Erickson from How I Met Your Mother. Even like a Sam and Diane from Cheers. There's a sense of an otherworldly patience and love and devotion and delight at all of the weird things. It's usually a dry wit or a silliness. These are all sitcom wife guys built in the shadow of Desi Arnaz and Ricky Ricardo. And what does that mean? That means that culturally, since Ricky Ricardo came on, we have seen on our televisions and in our comedy televisions in particular, because I don't think it's it's an accident that our two kind of big wife guy examples lately are John Mulaney and Ned Fulmer, both of whom tread in comedy we see that there is a distinct comedic archetype of man who really loves his wife. And that is rewarded. All those characters that I just noted are fan favorites. They are beloved by audiences and rewarded for being romantic and super funny and delightful and charming and cute. And there are crushes and they're put on magazine covers all of that is because of what Lucy and Desi did in their show. I Love Lucy is the foundational sitcom. So everything kind of stems from there in many ways. But what Desi Arnaz did and the way that they built that relationship so deeply rooted in love and admiration set a cultural example. And now in the 21st century where just being a person can get you a following that's our cultural landmark. So it's not surprising to me that these real life men would use the persona that Desi Arnaz helped create to create their own platforms. But back to I Love Lucy and Desi Arnaz. Part of the I Love Lucy relationship and the part of the Ricardo marriage that's so important and so critical to all of this is that 
No matter how much Lucy messed up, Ricky adored her. He might get mad at her in the moment, but the episodes nearly always end with him giving her a kiss and telling her he loves her in some way. So Desi Arnaz's entire television career as an actor, this is not meant in any way to undermine the incredible work that he did uh, behind the scenes because he truly was a pioneer and he doesn't get enough credit for that especially in mainstream entertainment. However, Desi Arnaz's career as an actor was intrinsically linked to an undying love and devotion for his wife. That was the brand. The show was called I Love Lucy. And there's this big longstanding joke that Desi Arnaz said then would say he's the main character because he's the I and I love Lucy. But this trend would follow him through his life. His public adoration of Lucille Ball continued even after they got divorced. Their last words to each other were, I love you, uh, continued even after they got divorced. And just five days after Desi Arnaz's passing, Lucille Ball received a Kennedy Center honor and a letter that Desi Arnaz wrote, you know, And a letter that Desi Arnaz wrote before he passed away was read out loud in which he concluded with, I love Lucy was never just a title. Even from the grave, even divorced, Desi Arnaz was peak wife guy. Additionally, the wife guy's success depends on pleasantly subverting expectations. And honestly, Desi nailed it. Lucy was older than him. They were a mixed couple. She was arguably more famous than him. He arguably was more sexy than her. But most importantly, Desi never publicly, although privately seems a different story, depending on who you ask, seemed to mind that even in their television partnership, Lucy had the spotlight. She was the star of the show. And Desi Arnaz is quoted from many people basically saying, if anything happens to Lucy, we're all screwed. I mean, she's she's the star. Make her look good and follow it. And he spoke in many interviews about her genius. He spoke constantly about her genius and how great she was, which is compelling, especially when you think about the fact that there are just as many interviews featuring Lucille Ball where she talks about how she's not even very talented. Which then just in turn makes Desi Arnaz look like even more of the adoring husband and adoring partner because you have Lucy with her low self-esteem, even though she was inarguably a genius. And you have Desi lifting her up constantly, publicly, privately. Looking at all of this, the letter from the grave, the constant support, the uplifting your wife as the star. Today's standards seem strangely low. I mean, John Mulaney's stand-up bits about how his wife was too good for him. It just seems like a great example of the bar is so low you're tripping on it compared with the actual hurdles that the Arnezes had to overcome mixed with the compulsory patriarchy of the 1950s. I can see why people would want to model themselves after this. I can see why this would then become something that subconsciously or otherwise people want to mimic. We reward this behavior. We reward this kind of undying outward love because we're not expecting it from them. Desi Arnaz differs from the 21st century wife guy, of course, in ways that I think actually make him come off looking a lot better, which is hilarious considering there's 70 years between his actions and the actions of today's wife guy. 
first is an, is the exploitation factor that I talked about related to Ned Fulmer. I mean, Lucille Ball was no ordinary wife guy wife who could remain mysterious and nameless if needed, lifting up the wife guy to be the center of attention while using said wife as a shield because the wife of a wife guy is far less important than the straight man per- who performs the radical act of loving the person he married. So I think this is one way in which the child deviates from the father. The the copy is, I don't know, the lily is gilded, if you will. There's a greediness to the modern wife guy, a sense of I need to be the star. And Desi Arnaz, as mentioned, firmly understood that that was not going to be the case for him, at least outwardly. And secondly, Desi Arnaz succeeded where our modern wife guy failed, which is to say that they both, <laughs> it's just to say that Desi Arnaz cheated on his wife many times. Uh, and the modern wife guy's implosion comes from a series of wife guys either cheating on their wives or leaving their wives for someone else and kind of poking a hole in the persona of the wife guy. And why Desi Arnaz did better at this than these dudes is honestly a mystery to me. I, is it is it a societal evolution um, where we just don't tolerate it anymore? Is it a lack of information related to our celebrities? Or were Desi and Lucy just more honest about them and others just couldn't mimic or sustain that? It's impossible to truly know the quality of Lucy and Desi's marriage. We have accounts from Lucy, Arnaz Luckenbill, their daughter, and, and I trust and believe that she's telling the truth as she remembers it. But I think that anyone with children will tell you that your perspective of your life is drastically different from your children's perspective of your life. Honestly, as I've grown up, that's one of the craziest things to me, uh, realizing that what I thought my parents were is not necessarily reality. We have anecdotes of knockdown dragout fights. We also have many accounts from those who knew them saying that for both of them, this was a love match until the day they died. And indeed, despite the clear volatility of the Arnaz marriage, their last words together were, I love you. And still we know that the marriage was full of cheating. Being the Ricardos, um, a movie I genuinely hated, had a, you know, talks a lot about the article in the magazine Confidential in which it gets, it was very publicly revealed, however trashy a magazine Confidential was, that Desi Arnaz was going out with sex workers frequently. We also know that Lucille Ball filed for divorce in 1944, 16 years before she would file the divorce again and actually follow through. Seven years before I Love Lucy, Lucille Ball had filed for divorce for the same reasons that she would ultimately file for a divorce, drinking and infidelity. So it was not a secret what was going on in the Arnaz marriage or a surprise that that's why the Arnaz marriage imploded. Both Desi and Lucy were pretty open about it. 
So I couldn't say why the legacy of Desi Arnaz is what it is. Why, when you think Desi Arnaz, you don't think, wow, guy who threw away his marriage or cheating bastard, the way that, at least for now, Adam Levine, Ned Fulmer, John Mulaney, these modern wife guys who have kind of had an implosion are being thought of. I, I truly have no answer. When I think of Desi Arnaz, I think one half of Lucy and Desi, one half of Desi Lou, who created the most important sitcom of all time, a show that is rooted in love and respect and admiration and is very, very funny to boot. Maybe it's because those last words that we have are that note from the Kennedy Center Honors, which is in turn a love letter, like a classic wife guy, and is also something that, and also feels like something that I don't think any of these other 21st century dudes have managed to do, which is a moment of humbling himself. And it feels honestly like an apology, like a moment where he says, I'll always love you. You were amazing. And I'm sorry. I think that's what Lucille Ball felt as well. When you watch the video, there are tears in her eyes. And I don't think that it's just because Desi's gone. Although, of course, it was because Desi is gone. But you get the strong sense that she forgives him and loves him too. I'm glad that the wife guy is gone, but I have to admit that I miss the idea of him. We have so much more I Love Lucy to watch, and Desi, as always, did it with more style anyway. Those last words left an indelible mark, and so to end this episode, I'm going to play that letter in its entirety. Next week, we'll be watching Redecorating, and here is the logline for that. Lucy enters a contest to win new furniture and is determined to stay by the phone so she does not miss receiving the call that she won. In order to get her out of the house, Ricky decides to fool Lucy into thinking she has won two chaotic results. That'll be next week. Happy Thanksgiving in advance. Please enjoy listening to the beautiful final words of Desi Arnaz. I'd like to read something that he wrote. I love Lucy at just one mission, to make people laugh. Lucy gave it a rare quality. She can perform the wildest, even the messiest physical comedy without losing her feminine appeal. The New York Times asked me to divide the credit for its success between the writers, the directors, and the cast. I told them, give Lucy 90% of the credit and divide the other 10% among the rest of us. Desi concluded, Lucy was the show. Viv and Fred and I were just props. Damn good props, but props nevertheless. P.S. I Love Lucy was never just a title. Thank you so much for listening to The Ricardo Project. It means more to me than you know. If you would like to get in touch with me for any reason whatsoever, I would be delighted to hear from you. You can reach me at thericardoproject at gmail.com or on Instagram at thericardoproject. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please take the time to rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find the show. Thank you so much again for listening. We'll see you next week for Redecorating.